listening to the best damn podcast that the internet has to offer. From the Sniper of Snipers. They talk about my one-taps. The Gamer of Gamers. Hail to the King, baby. And the best damn charity streamer that the world has ever known. Get back to work, you slacker. That's right. This is the Clock Nine Show. Now, I would like to introduce the one, the only, me. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Glock 9 Show. If you guys are still here after last week's episode, I applaud you. <laughs> I know I don't really get into those kind of topics very often, but, you know, it's been a question that was asked me for a long time, so I just kind of went with it. This is what I believe. This is what I, what I uh, value and this and that, but if I can get into it. This week's episode, it's my, again, this is my personal opinion. Uh, people have asked me many times about, my top five favorite games of all time. My top five favorite games of all time. So it's not overall top games. It's just my own personal opinion of my favorite you know games to play. If I had five games and I can never play a new game ever again, these are my top five. I'm going to go into why I like them, what I liked about them, and you know, kind of the storyline behind the game if you guys haven't played it. So let's get into it. Let's start off with some honorable mentions, okay? I'm a, I, these are games that, like, so I I didn't do a whole lot of preparing for this show. Uh, I just have, like, a, a list wrote in it, written down with um, the top five and then some honorable mentions. Honorable mentions, Halo. The Halo series, a lot of fun, a lot of great memories. You know, friends bringing their Xbox 360s over, you know, landing it up and hanging out, spending the night, stuff like that. Great game. Love that game. Uh, the whole series is, is amazing. I grew up playing a lot of Super Mario. I love the whole Super Mario series. You know, it's a great game, classic game. But I love the old Super Marios, you know, the, the old school Super Mario. The new ones are cool too, like especially uh, the Nintendo 64 Mario and stuff like that. It's a great game, a lot of fun, cl true classic. Um, in my top five, there are no racing games in my um, in my top five. But I grew up, you know, my dad didn't really play too many video games. He introduced me to Super Mario, but he loved racing games. And he would play like Gran Turismo with me, uh, Need for Speed, Hot Pursuit, Need for Speed Underground. Uh, Need for Speed Underground 2 will always be one of my favorite racing games of all time. Um, but those are some honorable mentions. I guess I mentioned some of those games that aren't in the top five. But starting off at number five, and you know, people are going to be kind of shocked that this is actually number five, not number one. But number five is Realm Royale. And yes, you, I can't go through a top five without having that game in there. I apologize to my community that is tired of hearing about this game. But for people that do not know, uh, Realm Royale is a, um, it's a, it's a battle royale uh, with that came with uh, classes such as a warrior, hunter, uh, mage, you know, and they... You know, had their own special sets of uh, abilities and weapons, and you know, it's just a great game. Uh, everyone, you know, that's ever seen any of my kind of content, you know, that's where most of my, pretty much ninety nine percent of my community came from was the high res realm royale community. I have over three thousand total hours in this game. Uh, I've made so many highlight reels on it and stuff like that. I, if this game, I'm looking at it as if there was no bots in it. You know, any of these games, if they were, you know, with the communities that they have with, uh, you know, if Realm Royale had full lobbies, 
I would be playing that game pretty much all day, every day, as of right now. But you know, the way I don't play it anymore, I actually finally uninstalled it after I did one final farewell charity stream to it and uninstalled it on stream. Uh, it's full of bots. There's no development team on there, so it's gone. It's dead. But it was some of the most fun I've ever had in gaming, especially in streaming. Uh, but I'm not gonna get too far into realm. We talk about realm way too much. Number four is the entire Grand Theft Auto series. I started playing Grand Theft Auto very early on. Uh, I should not have been playing it. It was very, <laughs> oh man, my parents would get pissed when they saw me playing that game. I would go to the neighbor's house, we'd go over there, and we'd be playing it for hours. Grand Theft Auto 3. We would play it for hours on hours on hours. Uh, I, the thing I love about Grand Theft Auto is, number one, the story modes are very good. In my opinion, in all the Grand Theft Auto, especially the most recent ones, I mean, from Miami Vice, Grand Theft Auto 3 to, you know, the most recent one, the storylines are great. When you go through and you get Grand Theft Auto, you play the storyline the first time through, it's a great storyline. I really enjoy the missions. I really enjoy, you know, doing through it. But the thing with Grand Theft Auto is there's endless things to do. There's always something to do. I mean, I don't know if anyone else is like me, but there was times that we would try and do, like, trick jumps, you know, like, cool little jumps and... You know, you know, you would take an airplane, try and see how f close you can fly to the buildings. And, you know, uh, there was even times where we would actually try and drive, you know, as a kid, we would try and drive like normal human beings, not really role playing how it is nowadays. But we would actually like try and like uh, stop at red lights and actually like park next to curbs and, you know, act like you're, act, you know, act like it's real life. You know, something we did as kids, you know, it was a lot of fun. Nowadays, Grand Theft Auto, I mean, with, with online, on, you know, Grand Theft Auto Online, if you guys haven't played online, it's amazing. It, it, you know, with the races and the different missions and making money and buying houses and apartments and building your, your garage and this and that. It's a lot of fun content. Uh, it's a very grindy thing, though, so you got to be very dedicated to it. But then you also have what we're getting into. Uh, you guys will, I don't know, if, by the time this podcast comes out, it might already be out. But me and my my uh, friends are working on our own role playing server, and role playing is an insane amount of fun. Basically, what it is, it's a modded version of Grand Theft Auto Online. Uh, my character is actually a police officer, so I can actually pull people over. I can take you to jail. Um, I can have fun and tase you and watch you, you know, just fall flat on your face. It's hilarious, and the content comes with role playing and driving normally and this and that and getting. Into, it's so much fun. That there's so much to do in that game. Whether you're just playing by yourself, whether you're playing online, whether you're role-playing nowadays, there's so much stuff to do. But going at it from a history standpoint, it is one of the games that I played almost every single day. Uh, at least, you know, even, even when I was playing other games, I'm going to get into in a minute. It's one of those games where, um, I mean, we would spend hours on it doing nothing. It was just so much fun customizing, especially when you get to the customizing the cars, you know, in the, earlier, in the, the later games. It's it's an amazing game. Yeah, pretty much. I, I want to say probably everybody's played it at one point in their life. It's it's so much fun when you actually get into it. But uh, you know, if you guys haven't checked out role playing, go check it out. Go watch a stream. Get involved in it. Five um, M is amazing. There's a lot of good content too for streamers. So number three, people are going to be kind of shocked that this isn't number one or two. But number three is World of Warcraft. Now I am not proud of what I'm about to say. I'm not proud at all. I am. I was shocked at this. Okay. 
So my story with World of Warcraft, now I'm not going to turn this into a full-on World of Warcraft uh, podcast. I know Dankatar would want to be a part of that one. But let me give you a little history on me with World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft came out when I was 13 years old. Um, actually, maybe right before I turned 13. I was in eighth grade. We got my dad to pre-order uh, two of them. So my brother can have one, I can have one. I didn't have my own computer at the time. I had to use my dad's uh, Mac. Uh, his iMac, or I don't know if it was even called an iMac at the time, but this is back when you had six CDs to install. Because I grew up playing World War, uh, Warcraft 3, uh, Warcraft 3 Frozen Throne, which is different than MMORPG. It's a little bit different. Um, but I grew up playing Warcraft 3. Then World of Warcraft came out, and... So what we were supposed to do, my brother was in high school, I was in eighth grade. We were supposed to go to school, come home, grab the receipt, and then go to GameStop and go grab it. Well, this is the first time I ever ditched school. <laughs> I'm not proud to say that. Uh, but we, me and my brother, act like we were walking to school and then turn left or right down a street. And we were kind of hiding there waiting for our dad to leave for work. And then as soon as our dad drove by... Uh, we walked back home, grabbed the receipt, went over to GameStop, came home. It took, oh man, it took probably four to five hours to install those discs. Um, and you know, people who play World of Warcraft now, when there's a new expansion that comes out and you create a new character and you see how crowded the area is, it was nothing like launch day of World of Warcraft. I mean, it was so hard to just kill one thing. Because whoever hit the thing first, you couldn't hit it next and get experience for it. But I played that game. I played that game every single day uh, for years. And I mean, like, years. I mean, I'm still playing it nowadays. Uh, 16, 16 years ago, that game came out. 16? Yeah, 16. Because I'm 29 right now. And yeah, 13. 16 years ago that game came out so it came out when i was in eighth grade i played it all through high school okay and on my main character my main character my very first character ever was a warrior it was a dwarf warrior um but then i switched i switched to a, a human mage my mage was my main character for many years on my main character, I sold my first account. So I don't have my main character anymore. Uh, I had like three fully decked out characters. Uh, one was a full-time PvP. One was a raider. Uh, one was like mixed with both. And then I had a bunch of little like fresh level 60s. And then um, I forgot what level they were when I sold the account. I want to say maybe 80, 70. I sold my account... After uh, I think the Mists of Pandaria expansion, I forgot what year that came out. My main character, my mage alone, had 396 days of playing time. I am not someone that leaves the character logged in, and I, I if I'm not at the computer, I'm not playing. I log out, so that's all playing time. Over a year of my life was spent. On that one character, that one character, my second character that was full out decked out in PvP gear, which was a warlock, had about two hundred days. About two hundred days. That's that's almost two years of playing time on two characters. That's over five hundred days of playing time. Um, 
I sold that account for about fifteen hundred bucks. <laughs> uh, when I, I forgot how old I was, and then I took a little hiatus. I took a little hiatus from World of Warcraft. I came back uh, in Legion, so I quit during Mists of Pandaria. If you guys know the years, I came back in Legion, and then I went on a little, a little. I, I I skipped Battle of Azeroth, and then I came back again for this expansion now. Shadowlands and Shadowlands is a lot of fun. I mean, really enjoying it. I love the guild that I'm in, everyone I'm playing with. And that's that's a big part of it. The communities that come along with with World of Warcraft and the people you meet and the connections you meet with people. It's just like streaming. I've met so many people through streaming that are like my best friends. I mean, people don't understand. People that do who listen to this podcast are like closer friends. Uh, I've met through streaming and through gaming than some people I know in real life. And it, that's how World of Warcraft was. You meet these people, you get so close to them. It's absolutely insane. But where we are now, I have I only have one main character right now in World of Warcraft. I only focus on one. I play my hunter. He's pre pretty much decked out. The only time I can get new gear is on Thursday nights when we do Mythic Raiding. Uh, we only kill two bosses at this point. Um, and, you know, so I don't really play WoW as much because, I mean, doing the keystones in there and world quest ain't going to get me nothing for gear. So I don't I only show up on raid nights. I don't really push keys. I don't really do. I did make a, another character I'm kind of messing around with right now, but I, I'm I'm a, I'm a FPS shooter main. So I've been focusing more on Call of Duty and stuff like that right now, but I digress. World of Warcraft is an amazing game. There's always something to do, whether it's grinding materials, whether it's grinding reputation, whether it's going for transmog, whether it's trying to get new gear. You can always create a new character and grind on them, try and farm for gold. Try, you know, There's always something to do. So whenever I hear somebody say, oh, there's nothing for me to do right now. No, there's always something, bro. There's always something. That's why it's such a grindy game. It indulges, you know, I should put that bumper sticker on my car. You guys have probably seen where it says World of Warcraft ruined my life. I literally played that game every single day for years. Years. And when, my, when I got back into it, my, my wife was not happy because she knows how much I invest in that game. But I have found a balance with it nowadays. So 16 years later, I found a balance with it. So that is one game. It, that, now, that's not my number one favorite game of all time, but that is one game if that was the only game I could play for the rest of my life, I can do it. And I can I can play that game for the rest of my life. I really could. Because there's just so much to do. So it's that that makes number three on the list. And then moving on from World of Warcraft, because I can do a whole podcast. I actually want to get my guild leader, Dankatar, who also used to play Realm. I would love to get him. I'm going to get him. I know you listen to this show, dude. So I'm going to get you on a podcast here coming up soon. We're going to do a World of Warcraft. And get into the story and get into you know everything else that involves world of warcraft i'll get you on here dude promise number two on my list is counter-strike everyone knows how i am about counter-strike i actually that's actually the very first game i ever started streaming um counter-strike is where i got my start in first person shooters now going back I mean, even before, even before uh, World of Warcraft, um, we didn't have gaming PCs growing up. We had, we played on Macs. 
we played we played World of Warcraft on Mac computers. We used to play. We actually found a way to get Steam to run on our Mac computers. Uh, my dad's a big Apple guy, um, so we actually gamed our childhoods up until about high school on Mac computers. And you know, I, I know it's hard to believe. It's pretty crazy, but. We ended up getting a, it was $10 a month for a gamer lounge, which I really wish they still existed. I don't know of any that really do exist. I know about gamer bars and stuff like that, but there's no real gamer lounges like this, but it was $10 a month. You can go, you know, after school, we would go into this, ga this gamer lounge. It was called like SGN or something. I probably what it stood for. It was like uh, something gaming network or something like that, but it was called SGN. $10 a month, and they had about 20-something decked out at the time gaming computers. Uh, you have a login uh, that you're allowed to be, you know, uh, you have your own personal login with your own games that are downloaded to your profile and with your own uh, stats and all this other stuff. Uh, we would go there after school almost every day and usually would play Counter-Strike. And we would we would do you know sometimes play LAN games sometimes we play online this and that and we played this game for years and then after we le after we left the gamer lounge we would go home and I would play World of Warcraft and then in a minute I'll get into my number one favorite game of all time but Counter Strike if you guys don't know it's a five v five terrorist versus counter terrorist the main point is either kill the whole of the squad or if you're on the terrorist side you gotta plant the bomb. And then the other team has to defuse it or kill the whole team before they before they plant it. Um, it's a very technical. Now here's the thing. Now with Counter Strike, every gun has a different spray pattern. So like with the, okay, I'll give you an example with the AK-47. Your first three shots are going to be like dead center of wherever your uh, crosshair is. But then it's gonna start going up and to the right, and then like do this little like you know backward C shape, right? So you have to practice these spray patterns because if you miss that first headshot, you need to try and keep the spray on your enemy, and so you have to like pull down the mouse a little bit to the left, and then make that like a, a C shape to you know, practice that spray pattern, okay? You can't just hold it down and it's going to stay within, like, a little circle. No, it's a spray pattern. But then your M4 is going to be, like, a couple, bull, you know, pull down a little bit, go to the right, then, you know, every gun is different and you got to learn it. So I was a sniper. That's when I first started getting into sniping. It was with Counter-Strike. It was the AWP. We called it an op. Um, when on my teams that I was always a part of, I was always a sniper of the group. So I had a specific lane to watch and a certain place to watch. And your reaction time had to be really good. Um, and you can't miss a shot pretty much. You got to hit your shot. So, you know, growing up, we were playing. Yeah, I was obviously a kid. Uh, you know, and then, but as we got to high school, uh, hackers weren't really an issue at the time. But the, the ranking system was, in, in the competitive ranking system in there was very rough. Okay, it was very, one of the first competitive games of its kind that had an in-game ranking system. So it was very hard to grind. When Counter-Strike Global Offensive came, Counter-Strike Source is, or 1.6 is, is always my favorite. Um, but when Counter-Strike Global Offensive came out, we grinded rank. I got all the way up to Legendary Eagle, I believe it was. Um, the top rank 
was global uh, global elite. Um, yeah, one it was legendary. I'm looking at it right now. Sorry, I was looking this up. Make sure I'm not wrong. You have silver one. So you have silver one, two, three, four, five. Uh, one, two, three, four. Silver elite, silver elite master, and then you have gold nova one, two, three, and then gold nova master, and then you have master guardian one, master guardian two, master guardian elite, distinguished master guardian. Legendary Eagle, which is the highest I ever got to for like two games, they got pushed back down to DMG. And then, but after Legendary Eagle, you have Legendary Eagle Master, Supreme Master First Class, and then you have Global Elite. So I got all the way to Legendary Eagle, and it was just, it, I honestly didn't be belong in that group. I was playing with some like semi pro players that kind of carried me up there. I was more of a on the level when I was originally playing. I was more middle of the pack, Master Guardian 2, Master Guardian Elite. That's where I, if I played solo, that's about the, the group that I can carry my own in. Anything higher than that, it starts getting to the point where it's like, this is this is rough. This is very rough. Um, But you know, we ended up uh, creating our own team on a separate, it's a separate like uh, platform, but it interjects into Counter-Strike. It's called ESEA. If you look at ESEA, you have ESEA, you have Face It. They're, they're private servers with a private ranking, a different ranking system than in-game ranking systems. Um, so we used to do ESEA tournaments as a team. I was the opper, um, and we've we've I've played against people who, uh, you know, played on pro teams or were substitutes for pro teams. I didn't play against like the Nikos, the Guardians, the you know, people you know, the Shroud and stuff like that. Uh, but we played in very high-level games. And it was just a lot of fun. It's one of my favorite shooters. It's a very tactical shooter. It requires call-outs. It requires teamwork. It requires, you know, knowing the map in and out. It, 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 you need to know. You need to know so much about this game, so much information, how much damage this gun does, how many shots it takes to kill somebody. You know, you just spray powder. There's so much that goes into Counter-Strike rather than just jumping in and playing it. So that is my second favorite all-time game ever. Now... For the number one, I don't know. I mean, people probably have guessed it by now since I haven't talked about it. My favorite game of all time that I, other than World of Warcraft, um, because, World of, okay, let me explain something real fast about the difference between this game and World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft, I got more playing time in because I, I had a computer in my room after playing this on my dad's computer for about six months. He bought me a computer for my room. It wasn't a very good computer. I had to play the lowest, lowest settings. It was an iMac, the first iMac mini, if you guys remember that, that computer. Um, I would play this game. I would play WoW from about, I would say about 10 o'clock to about 4 o'clock in the morning on school nights. Sleep for about two or three hours and get up for school. Um, and then as soon as I got home, I would go and play this game. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Now, I love the whole Call of Duty series. And I'll, get in, I'll get into that in a second. I, I, I will always talk about how I'm a Call of Duty fanboy. I am a huge Call of Duty fanboy. I always say I'm not going to pre-order the newest game, and I always end up doing it. I, I will... Oh, I'm... I, I will always get Call of Duty. It's one game that I will always play. But getting into Modern Warfare 2, I was in high school. 
Um, and basically, again, I would get up and go to school. As soon as I came home, my parents were at home. They both worked full-time jobs. Full-time jobs. My dad worked uh, two jobs. So I would play from about 2.30 to about 10 o'clock at night when my dad got home. So you're talking about eight hours of Modern Warfare 2 every single day of high school. Every day. Literally. Um, and we would, you know, I played this game like religiously. Even, even when... Um, even when the new game came out, I was still playing Modern Warfare 2. But the thing was, uh, the room I was playing with shared a wall with my parents' room. So, like, they would get pissed off. Uh, they would get pissed at how loud I would be at this game. Because I get into it. You guys see me play Call of Duty. I get into it. Um, but this was worse in high school. So they would get pissed. I'm sitting there screaming and yelling and getting into it and this and that. So they would kick me off when they were going to bed. So I had to go to my room and go play... World of Warcraft, and I could spend a little more hours on it and stuff like that. So, <laughs> Modern Warfare 2, not only was the online play good, the story mode was absolutely great. I loved, I loved the storyline for Modern Warfare 2. But with Modern Warfare 2, it was, the maps were absolutely great. The guns were absolutely amazing. The kill streaks they implemented in it, amazing. Um, every every aspect of Modern Warfare Two was awesome. Um, you know, they had, from campaign to maps, the guns and everything. That game is, to me personally, is one of the pinnacles of Call of Duty. I mean, I love Black Ops Two. Um, I love you know, I, I like Modern Warfare Three. I love war. I love Warzone. I've talked about it in one of the previous episodes. State of State of Call of Duty, the hacker issue is a big problem. The stupid metas they come out are a big problem. Uh, but as for where the game is today, I mean, I you know, Cold War is a great multiplayer game. Uh, Warzone is a great game, but Modern Warfare Two is. I mean, I that is. I can't remember exactly what level I got to, but that is the first Call of Duty that I ever actually hit Prestige Master in. I hit it pretty quick. Uh, my KD uh, in Modern Warfare 2 at one point was, was uh, at one point, as a Prestige Master, was above a, a 2.9 or something like that. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember. Uh, but being a Prestige Master and having that high of a KD was actually pretty insane. Because people know how it gets. It's so easy to have a bad negative game. And then always having to double your kills and deaths and keep it an average it's very hard in that game, especially, you know, the way it's played. But, the you know, that's a game where, you know, if you guys see me play Call of Duty nowadays, it's kind of the same way where you can... I, I don't mind using assault rifles, SMGs, snipers. I'm always going to be a sniper. Everyone knows that I love sniping in every game. Every game I play. Um, but the intervention sniper, bolt-action sniper rifle will always be... My favorite sniper rifle pretty much for any game. I love that gun. I mean, that was 90% of the time when I was using. The M16 was great in that game. Even the Barrett 50 Cal was great in the game. The Desert Eagle and stuff like that I loved using. But Intervention, unmatched. Absolutely unmatched. Love that gun. Will always be one of my favorites. So, I mean... the. Uh, it's one of those games where, like, 
they came out with Modern Warfare, the first one remastered, and it just didn't it didn't you know scratch that itch of missing the old games. Modern Warfare Two, I heard might be coming out with a P- uh, multiplayer remastered, this and that, but it's one of those games. It's like if it came out nowadays, it wouldn't be the same as it was back then because back then the graphics were amazing compared to I me mean, looking Modern Warfare now. It's unmatched, you know. But I would love to see them implement the old maps. I would love to see them implement the old Modern Warfare 2 maps, which have been data mined. They're in the game. People don't realize that. They're, they're data mined in the game with like updates to the map, like the terminal and stuff like that. But I would love to see them bring the maps back into rotation and like Modern Warfare multiplayer and stuff like that. But we'll see what happens. But I've always been a Call of Duty fanboy. One of my favorite franchises of all time. One of my favorite FPS shooters. And so when people ask the difference, why would I put, before you guys even ask me, why would I put, Call of Duty above Counter-Strike, even though Counter-Strike's where I started. This, there are two different types of FPS shooters, okay? Counter-Strike's a very slow-paced game. A lot of intel, this and that. You have to play as a team. Counter-Strike requires a lot more to it, and it has to be played with a team. Call of Duty is fast-paced. I love the fast-paced multiplayer of Call of Duty, I don't have to work as a team realistically. I don't, I don't really don't have to make call outs and stuff like that. No one really ever does. I try to. But number one, I do hate when you play domination and no one goes for the objective. That's aggravating. But you can kind of do stuff like that by yourself, play hard and when you play kill confirmed, you collect the tag yourself, you stuff like that. You know, but you can do you can do things like that. But Call of Duty's fast paced and like especially now with the sliding and stuff like that, I love Call of Duty's uh style of multiplayer versus counter-strikes counter-strike you have to walk everywhere you gotta listen for footsteps you gotta you know there's so much involved in it that in call of duty you can just hop into any multiplayer game and just frag out and just you know if i get over 40 kills i'm happy in a multi in one of their multiplayer rounds you know counter-strike if you end up with like 12 kills and you know something like that you you still could have done your job you know, it's not it's not very common in Counter Strike that you, if you're actually playing at a competitive level, you don't get over like 20 kills. So it's a very again, it's a very slow paced game. It's a very long game. Every game in Counter Strike is about 40 minutes. Call of Duty, you can hop in there and play like three games, four games before one Counter Strike game is even over. So it's the fast paced gameplay of Call of Duty that gets me. But my all time favorite game is Modern Warfare 2. So Number five, Realm Royale. Number four, Grand Theft Auto series. Number three, World of Warcraft. Number two, Counter-Strike. Number one, Call of Duty. That is my own personal list on best games of all time. My favorite games of all time. Not overall best, but you know, compared to everybody else. But that is my own personal. If I had five games to choose from to play for the rest of my life, those would be those five. In honorable mentions, Need for Speed, Halo, Gran Turismo. Super Mario, all great games, you know, Super Smash Bros, all great games, but that's my top five. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you guys have not followed me on Facebook, make sure you go to facebook.com slash Glock9. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Glock9. Those are G-L-0-C-K-N-9-N-E. Make sure you guys hit me up on TikTok, Glock9FB for Facebook. Um, 
Make sure you guys like the podcast. If you're on a, on one of the sites that have a thumbs up, make sure you give it a rating, an honest rating. Let me know what you guys think. Let me know on social media if there's any subjects you guys want to hear. Just DM them to me. I would love to, you know, I love that you guys pretty much run this podcast, asking for suggestions, asking for topics, and you get what you want to hear. I appreciate all the feedback. I love you guys. I will see you guys on the next one. Peace.